Welcome to episode 13 of the Champs and Chums podcast. I'm Anthony. And I'm Ashton. Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 13, game, set, and match. We'll hold court with tennis superstar Daniel Nestor to talk sports, family, and fatherhood. Ready, set, hut. Father and son will kick off the NFL season with our key teams to watch. Can you name fall-inspired athlete names? We'll go September super cool with our award-winning gold, silver, bronze selections. And we'll head for home on episode 13 with our special segments, All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 13 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. So glad that you're with us. It's episode 13. How are you, Ashton? I'm feeling really good and excited that we're on episode 13 of our podcast. Lucky 13, I must say, my friend. Hey, what do you think about that? Here we are. It's September and uh, episode 13. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good because, you know, how we started from episode 1 in you know, a recording studio, and now it's growing into this where we have episode 13, so it's just amazing that we can um, make more podcasts together. Well, I have had uh, just as much fun as you have had, Ashton, and uh, you know, great things, they take time to just keep moving, but here we are trucking on episode 13, hope everybody's having a great uh start to their September and uh, Ashton let's get into it as we always do in in our opening segment you know um, it's back to school for you you know we got back to school we got uh, championship sports all in high gear you know uh, NFL season starting too so how's first of all back to school going for you Uh, let's cover that first so back to school is doing great Um, I mean there's a lot of people online. There's 12 people online. There's seven people in class. There is three new people for, um, in the school. They came from a different um, school. And um, I've been making friends. And um, what we do, what we basically do at recess now is me and all my friends, we, we um, like, dig holes in the dirt for like ants to live in so they have a home and because during winter it's going to be cold and they might not survive so we're just trying to build a little home for them oh well that's amazing that's a fun little adventure and uh glad to hear that you're having a great kickoff and and everything is all uh safe and and all all everybody's doing healthy at uh, at the school uh, is that uh, what you know yes everyone's healthy no cases of COVID, so that's good. 
Well, that's a great thing. And certainly we're hoping everybody else who's listening is also uh, there healthy and safe. You know, it's uh, still a challenging time. Here we are, September. It's uh, just north of six months now that uh, we're all living in this pandemic. But, um, you know, we hope we're... We're so optimistic that everybody's going to pull together and uh, do do the great things to to make um, uh, to make this thing uh, solved sooner rather than later. We hope. Good stuff, Ashton. So listen, we always talk about um, staying active, right? You know, that's been kind of our one of our big goals uh, during uh, the pandemic, and so. You've been actually doing some uh, some fun activities. It's kind of like a new sport that you, you, you tried as well. So why don't you tell the listeners at home a little bit about that? Well, um, af- um, on Fridays after school, I've been we've been going to the school near my school that has a tennis um, court. And basically, we play there for an hour and a half and a half so as the basics we would do touch tennis and then um me and my dad got a little competitive a little (laughs) we had a lot it was a lot of fun yeah a little touch tennis turned into quite a father-son challenge there didn't it yep and here's here's a good thing that i really think is good about like my endurance for tennis which um I've only had two lessons with my dad at that park, and I've already gotten better. Well, is, is that a ringing endorsement for maybe how how your dad's been able to move you along, like as a good coach, maybe? Yep. Oh, I'll, I'll take anything I can get, uh, son, for sure. But, uh, well, that's great you're enjoying tennis because, you know, it's... Um, you know, ever since we had the, the uh, you heard of the uh, great news uh, for our best of segment, and we encourage all our listeners to listen right throughout episode 13, because we have Canada's most decorated, Canada's most winning sports athlete of all time, Daniel Nestor on the show, tennis superstar. But ever since you um, came on to that great news, Ashton, you've been really eager and excited to uh, pick up a racket and 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 play the sport what do you think about the sport of tennis well i think it's amazing because um the first time i started playing um in in 2020 would be at chinkuzi park a few weeks ago and um it had no nets so we weren't we weren't um playing like how it would really go on and but um so in the court like there's the green spots like in space there's space and then um someone would stand in the middle of there and i would stand in the middle of there and um yeah, I we kind of made it. our own custom court, didn't we? Eh? That 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 uh, day, it was a fun day over at Chinkuzi. You, uh, Mom, and I were swinging the tennis racket around, and uh, I look forward to challenge you again uh, as we round out to September. Yawn. <laughs> yeah. All right, game on, my friend. Okay, well, speaking of game on, it is now time, Ashton, for Father Son Free for All Round One. So we're gonna be. Uh, breaking down the NFL season for you. And, you know, in typical father-son form here on Champs and Chums, we've um, given, we will give you our fearless predictions in gold, silver, and bronze. So, Father, I've got some uh, teams to watch. 
on my side. And then Ashton, you've got some NFL teams to watch as well too. So we're going to kick it off with uh, Ashton, who's going to talk about um, your uh, your first team that uh, you're going to watch for the um, for the NFL kickoff. My first team that I'm going to watch is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, so why do you think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, actually, Ashton, are going to be um, one of the teams to contend with? Well, I think because, um, you know, they have Big, Big Ben back, and he's... Oh, yes. He, he was injured, right? Yeah, he was injured, and uh, I I think... Even though they didn't even, they did, I believe, because they don't watch football that much, but I, I would say I I did watch some games, and um, I just think they're a great team, you know, to watch and see them play. And, of course, in the playoffs, you know, they're... They're great in the playoffs, but... Well, and, and, and they, yeah. you know, they've been in a bit of a playoff drought as well, too, right? Two years uh, out of playoff contention. And, uh, you know, I, I certainly hope that uh, they will uh, rebound because we do know that our, our very special guest on episode 13, uh, Daniel Nestor, is an absolutely huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So you're right, Ash, and good insights with Big Ben back, a healthy Big Ben they're going to be one of the teams to watch. So that's your bronze medal. Good stuff, my man. Well, listen, it's now time for Dad's bronze medal for NFL teams to watch. And, you know, this one is actually a bronze medal. But uh, what, are the, what do you always say, Ashton? Number three in your program, but number one in, in your hearts. Well, this one's number one in my hearts. The Buffalo Bills. You're going to have to take this team really seriously um you know the bills are talking proud the bills make me want to shout this year i mean josh allen what a tremendous uh young player he is i think in his first two weeks he's uh he's uh you know shattered some records for uh for uh, yards passing so he's off to a great start and uh you know, uh, they, they picked up, uh, of course, uh, uh, Diggs as well, too, um, in the lineup. And uh, I really feel that they've got uh, a, a lot um, a lot to give this year, right? So it's going to be amazing to see the, the Buffalo Bills uh, take on uh, the competition this year. And uh, they've got, uh, uh, as I said, uh, they, they finally have a quarterback who's a true a true field general out there not since the days of you know Jim Kelly right or even Drew Bledsoe would they have a guy uh behind center so so good at this as well too so um my pick my bronze medal is the Buffalo Bills Ashton over to you for your silver medal for NFL teams to watch my silver medal for NFL teams to watch is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, what a great pick. And actually, I mean, they obviously received uh, lots of attention uh, in the off season, as it were. And what was the reason for that? It was because they got uh, Tom Brady on the team. Oh, is that right? And the, 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 now the team's name is now Tampa, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is that what it is? Yes. All right, good stuff. Well, so why do you think, actually, do you think Brady's that good? Uh, I mean, obviously he had a decorated career um, with the uh, with the New England Patriots, but uh, what do you think? 
Well, I think, as I said, in some Facebook Lives, he can bring that power back from um, his career with the New England Patriots, and we can see if he can he can make it to, if they can make to, make it to the playoffs or not. Well, it's a good point. I mean, he is he is getting up in age. He's uh, forty two years old. I mean, he's got uh, some weapons to work with. I mean, a pair of uh, one thousand yard receivers and Mike Evans and Chris Goodwin to go with tight ends uh, O.J. Howard. So I feel like. Um, you know, it's there. I mean, they've had, a, I guess, a, a mediocre start to the season, but it's early, and we do know that Tom Brady's a big game performer. So good job on that one. So that's uh, Ashton's uh, silver medal for NFL teams to watch, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good stuff. Okay, it's over to Dad now for my silver medal for NFL teams to watch, and I'm going to go with... Since it's lucky uh, number 13 uh, episode, we're going to go with a former uh, quarterback from this team. We're going to go with the Indianapolis Colts. That's right. The Indianapolis Colts, uh, you know, who uh, obviously were um, unfortunate luck for Andrew Luck that he had to make that sudden uh, retirement. They have now have um, a real proven quarterback under under center, uh, Philip Rivers, so Phyllis Philip Rivers, who came over from the Chargers now, uh, you know he's he's definitely uh, a force to be reckoned with, and uh, the the Colts were busy in the off season as well too, acquiring uh, All Pro defensive tackle DeForest Buckner as well. So um, there's a team to watch. I tell you, you know, anytime you have uh, an owner who's so uh, competitive in spirit, like. Um, uh, you know, Jim Irsay, uh, they're always going to be competitive. So I feel they're a team to watch for the NFL season, the Indianapolis Colts. Ashton, it's now time for your uh, gold medal, my friend, for NFL teams to watch. Who is your gold medalist? My gold medalist for NFL teams to watch is the Kansas City Chiefs. Wow. Well, well, that's that's an interesting pick. Now, why do you think the Chiefs um, are going to be good enough to repeat? Because, of course, they are the defending champions. Yes, they have won last year in 2019. And um, I think if if you look at Mahomes, he he's been he 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 has been doing he's been doing good last season. So I, I think he can, um, like I said, for the. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, like, can um, uh, Patrick Mahomes can bring his power back to see if he can make it to the finals. Well, that's that's some pretty uh, pretty good insights there, my friend, because you're right. I mean, Mahomes is just like a supreme talent, isn't he? I mean, he's he's still young. I think uh, he signed for a ten year contract. I think it was north of four hundred and fifty million. So. I mean, he's going to be well taken care of, you know, but anytime I feel like you've got somebody that sort of, uh, you know, um, raised the bar and had an incredible uh, run of play, uh, they signed the big contract. We'll see what happens. But I mean, this guy, he's got the head in the game. He's got the commitment and the will. And uh, yeah, it'll be really interesting. Um, you know, you got a great coach as well, too, in uh, in, in Andy Reid, who... Uh, 
geez, uh, it took 50 years for the Chiefs to win uh, the franchise's second Super Bowl. And uh, you're feeling confident then that they actually can repeat in 2020? I feel, um, uh, I feel 99.99% Okay. Oh, that's, that, that's spoken like a, a real odds maker then, right? Um, just leaving that 0.1% uh, off the table. Well, good stuff. Let's hope the Chiefs can win. That's Ashton's gold medal for NFL teams to watch, the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, to conclude father-son free-for-all round one, I'm going to unveil my gold medal. And my gold medal goes to the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. The Baltimore Ravens, who were actually uh, in the in the uh, in the in the playoffs last season and the finals, and they did so well. They've got their reigning most valuable player in quarterback uh, Lamar Jackson, who is so multidimensional. I mean, you you think this guy you you got this guy in the in the grasp? Any of these linebackers? Uh, any of these defensive ends? And, and this guy will just uh, is so elusive. Um, he just brings such an incredible dimension with his arm and his speed but um you know i mean uh, i think uh lamar jackson is, is the real deal you know and uh i just think he's one of those uh you know generational kind of players ash and what do you think about that yeah i really think he is and uh you know i've um in 2019 or 2018 i'm not really sure but um I watched one of their games for, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, as I said, I don't watch a lot of football, but I, I watched a bit of a Baltimore Ravens game. Oh, cool. Well, that's really good. And I hope we get into a little bit more football. You know, there's always time on Sunday to watch, to sit down, relax, and watch an, a nice uh, <laughs> afternoon of football. Hey, eh? what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. You know, I mean, so uh, other than uh, Lamar Jackson, I mean, they got a thousand yard rusher and Mark Ingram the second as well, too. So uh, big hopes that um, the Baltimore Ravens uh, will, will do it this again this year. That was a great father-son free-for-all round one. And now, everybody, we're going to move to father-son free-for-all round two. And, uh, you know, it's September, Ashton, and we kind of were thinking for our father-son free-for-all round two, there's got to be some athlete names that are fall-inspired, right? Yep. All right. So we are going to unveil our father-son edition of fall-inspired athlete names. Ashton? You get the first one. Who is your bronze medal? My bronze medal is Ryan Leaf. Oh, Ryan Leaf! Oh, right. Oh, that, what what a great uh, what a great uh, selection. Now, uh, do you know a little bit about Ryan Leaf that you want to share with the listeners? Um, I He's mean, a, he was a much heralded quarterback, right? There are big things that were were supposed to be of this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh. So he was a, he throws with his right, and he was born May 15th, 1976, and he is 44, and, um... Well, and if you remember, too, right, Ashton, like, he was drafted in the 98, um... Uh, NFL draft, he was, he was drafted, uh, in the first round, second overall... And just ahead of him was uh, the great, the legend, Peyton Manning. 
But much was thought that Ryan Leaf actually was maybe had the more uh, upside, and there was a lot of question of whether he would actually go number one overall. Boy, was that a um, good decision on the part of the Colts to, uh, to to choose Manning. I mean, Leaf did have a career. Uh, he played for the San Diego Chargers and then played for the Dallas Cowboys between 98 to 2001. And he also spent time with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Seattle Seahawks. So Ashton's bronze medalist for fall-inspired athlete names is Ryan Leaf. Good stuff. All right, over to Dad on the other end of the broadcast table here. And Ashton, my... uh, my uh, fall-inspired athlete name is, you might not know this, because I don't know if you've watched too, too much CFL football at this point. Well, you, actually, you have, eh? You've enjoyed some CFL stuff. you watched some Tiger Cat games, mm-hmm. some Argo games. So this, uh, this bronze medalist comes from the CFL, and my bronze medalist is Roy Shivers. That's right, Ashton, Roy Shivers. You get kind of a little chill thinking about it in the fall year in the fall air, but uh, Roy Shivers was a former general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders of the, uh, of the CFL. He actually was the first black general manager in professional football. Um, so uh, that's tremendous and, uh, and so much needed. Uh, did you also know that Roy Shivers was a former running back in the National Football League with the St. Louis Cardinals? So he played NFL, and he had a leadership position in the CFL. That's my bronze medal for fall-inspired athlete names, Roy Shivers. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal. My silver medal is Jarrett Jack. Jarrett Jack. How did you work in a raptor in this one, Ashton? Well, um... And Jack, I should say, I what were you thinking there with fall and Jack? Was it... So, basically... As you know, you need a jacket um, in fall because it's kind of cold and chilly. All right, a little bit of a stretch there, son, but I'll give it to you. Jarrett Jack, your silver medalist. Tell tell the listeners at home a little bit more about Jarrett Jack. Jarrett Jack was born October 28th, 1983. He is an American professional basketball player. And um, he attended high schools in North Carolina, Maryland, and Massachusetts before playing college, college 80 at Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yeah, and so, I mean, certainly uh, his, his, it's his NBA career. Let's get to his career history in the NBA because he did play with the Raptors from 2009 to 2010. What else, Ashton? In 2005 to 2008, he played with the Portland Trail Blazers. Um, in 2008 and 2009, he played with the Indiana Pacers. In 2009 to 2010, he played with the Toronto Raptors. Yeah, and then we'll just round off all the other teams. He played with the Hornets, the Golden State Warriors. I mean, he was actually, Ashton, a uh, first-round pick. 2005... 22nd overall, selected by the Denver Nuggets, who are still in the NBA uh, dance, the, the the postseason dance. So there you go, Ashton's uh, silver medal for uh, fall-inspired athlete names is Jarrett Jack. 
All right, over to uh, Dad with his uh, silver medal. And uh, for all you baseball fans out there, and I know there's a lot of them, you're going to appreciate this one because not only was he a decent player, but he also actually had a very, very unique fall name. My silver medal for fall-inspired athlete name, names is Coco Crisp. That's right. Crisp Fall Air and Coco Crisp. That's right. He's a former uh, baseball player. He played uh, for major league teams, including the Cleveland Indians, the Boston Red Sox, the Kansas City Royals, and the o- Oakland Athletics. Um, you know, his batting average all time was 200, uh, sorry, uh, 265. Uh, he hit 130 home runs, Ashton. And uh, yeah, he had some pretty uh, pretty big seasons, right? His, uh, his biggest year would have been in 2013 with the Oakland A's where he hit 22 dingers and had 66 ribbies. An all-around great guy, Coco Crisp. All right, Ashton, over to you with your all-important gold medal selection. My gold medal selection is Taco Fall. Well, how on point is that? So I asked you for fall-inspired sports teams, and your research brought you to Timber, I would tell you, with that guy, Taco Fall. Tell tell the listeners at home a bit more about Taco Fall, and you got a great story about Taco Fall as well, too. Yes. Um, he was born December 10th, 1995. His career history in 2019 in the present he played with the Boston Celtics in 2019. He played with the Ma- the Maine Red Claws, which on the Raptors 905 were versing the Red the Maine Red Claws. And I saw Taco fall live, so it was a huge experience. And um, is he really larger than life, though, Ashton? Like, I mean, because you you were he there. Might be. He you, might be. You had great seats to take this in. I think he's larger than life because he's all of seven foot feet five, three hundred and eleven pounds. This man. Wow. So I mean, what was it like watching a, a man of that stature, an athlete of that stature, play? I mean, I don't know. He looked like a giant to me. Well, he sure was. He's a giant, and he's Ashton's gold medalist. Taco Fall for fall-inspired athlete names. Okay, over to uh, Dad to uh, close this segment. And Ashton, you may not be of this vintage, but I know some of our uh, loyal listeners of of this baseball player. Because my gold medalist for fall-inspired sports teams, you got it, it's Ray Knight. Ray Knight was one of the uh, great uh, third basemen, a great player. Uh, he played for the, uh, most notably, for the New York Mets and the, and the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, you know, he was the man, actually, who replaced Pete Rose at third base um, when uh, Rose uh, was no longer playing with the team. So uh, that was a big change. But uh, Ray Knight actually uh, married, actually, a, a sporting athlete, Ashton, I believe, he married, uh, uh, it was uh, Nancy uh, Lopez, Nancy Lopez the golfer, that's right. But uh, Ray Knight um, had a great career playing for the Cincinnati Reds, 
the Houston Astros, the New York Mets, Baltimore Orioles, and he ended his career. Um, well, he, he ended his career with the uh, Detroit Tigers, but then joined as a manager of the Cincinnati Reds in 96 to 97, and then 2003. Two-time All-Star, my gold medalist, Ray Knight. Ashton, how about that? Well, that sounds amazing. Great stuff. Well, it's been a great father-son free-for-all segment, and Ashton, you are going to take us to break on episode 13. This ends our father-son free-for-all segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to episode 13 of the Champs and Chums podcast. So glad that you're with us. And Ashton, it's now time for our best of Champs and Chums segment. And you know, Ashton, you know, it's so ironic that it's episode 13, because we are very lucky to have a very special guest join us on the show. You know, our special guest puts an exclamation mark into our segment name, The Best Of. Hey, Ashton, I got two questions for you, man. You ready? Yes. All right, here we go. Are you ready to serve it up with a tennis superstar? Yes, I am. Awesome. Are you ready to go game, set, match with one of Canada's most winningest sports athletes of all time? Sure am. All right, good stuff, man. Well, listen, our special guest is one of the most successful Canadian sports athletes of all time. 30 seasons as a pro tennis athlete, 91 career doubles titles, 12 Grand Slams. That's right, everybody. Australian Open, U.S. Open, French Open, and Wimbledon. 1,062 career wins in doubles, six Olympic Games, a gold medal in Sydney in 2000. He's a longtime leader for Canada on the international tennis stage with Davis Cup teams. And we all remember as a 19-year-old what he did, a magical performance defeating the world number one, Stefan Edberg. And you know, for all his tremendous accomplishments on the court, Ashton, it's all his contributions off the court that has made him extra le- legendary. The charities, the in community, all the time he's given through mentorship for some of the young stars just makes him one of the best. Our uh, special guest received a special distinction, the highest Canadian honor of the Order of Canada in 2011. He has a star on the Canada's Walk of Fame from 2012. He received an honorary doctorate degree from York University in 2012 in Ashton. That's just some of our special guest's accomplishment. So it gives me great pleasure, and I'm pleased to be joined on the line by our very special guest for our Best Up segment. Please welcome Daniel Nestor. Daniel, welcome to Champs and Chums. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Oh, my pleasure, my pleasure. It's so great to to chat with you. You're a champ and chum in in every way, and uh, so glad that you can make time for Ashton and I. Yeah, no problem. Great, great stuff, great stuff. Well, hey, listen, let's uh, let's get right down to it because, you know, after all of those great accomplishments, a legendary pro tennis career in September uh, 2018, you made the decision to uh, retire uh, after all those uh, tremendous accomplishments. So just to kick off our father-son fun talk, Dan, would love to uh, 
you to share with the listeners um, sort of what your feelings were on the reasons for retiring and, uh, well, how things are going now. I mean, it's a couple of years uh, later since you've retired from pro sports. Yeah, well, uh, there was uh, several reasons. Uh, one, I was uh, obviously getting uh, a little bit uh, long in the tooth and, uh, and it wasn't as competitive as I once was. So uh, that was definitely, uh, you know, wearing on me. And, uh, you know, just the, the fact also that the, the kids were getting a little bit older and, uh, you know, I felt it was uh, it, it was it was a combination of things. Uh, you know, I felt, uh, you know, being at home was was, you know, going to be more important, more and more important uh, as they got a little bit older and uh, and uh, needed a little more attention. And uh, well, they always need attention. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe uh, more uh, of the, the attention that uh, I could kind of. Uh, you know, bring, uh, I think early on in uh, childhood that the mom is, uh, is quite important, uh, for obvious reasons, but, uh, as they maybe get a little bit older then it's more of a joint effort. And, uh, so I felt, uh, that obligation, but, uh, you know, for sure, a lot of it had to do with, um, you know, just not being as competitive anymore and, you know, going from, you know, competing to win tournaments to, to just, you know, hopefully winning a match or two was, uh, was uh towards the end so it uh it was an easy decision and i have no regrets uh, as far as when when i retired and you know enjoying after uh, you know the after uh career uh life of uh you know spending a lot of time with the family being in one spot which i really appreciate because i never really liked the travel aspect uh, of the tour as far as uh the airports the plane the flights and uh and uh, leaving uh, loved ones, uh, so that part of it's uh, is very enjoyable. Obviously, there's moments where I I do have those flashbacks of uh, competing and uh, and you know even you know you know wishing I would have done this, wishing I would have done that. You know, remembering remembering some of the moments and you know what I was feeling during those times and uh, you know, but I'm still actively involved in the sport and uh, and uh, trying to you know, motivate my kids to play a little bit and uh, for myself to stay in shape. So it's, that's pretty much sums up uh, how I spend my time now. Oh, that's great, Dan. You know, uh, a decorated career. I mean, the resume of accomplishments, uh, you know, post-retirement, people look back on it and there's just a wow factor of the things that you're able to accomplish. And, you know, I heard uh, in, in your, in your great perspective on why uh, retirement, I heard a lot about family and, and, and fatherhood and that. I wonder if you can share with the listeners, cause you know, on, on our podcast, it's all about uh, father, son, fun talk about sports, life and friendship. Can you share with the listeners, your first experiences, how you felt about becoming a dad to, uh, to two, uh, two girls, uh, Tiana and Bianca, and uh, also the importance of family and fatherhood to you? Yeah, I mean, uh, the the earliest experiences were obviously a little bit of, of fear and, uh, you know, uh, such such a new experience that's very overwhelming and obviously inspirational. Uh, it's, it's such an amazing uh, feeling to to see a baby come in the world and, and, uh, and be a father the first time. But at the same time, you know, I'm very fortunate that uh, I had a, a wife that was <laughs> yeah. very capable, capable to one uh you know do the work when i'm when i wasn't around which was obviously not e- easy a lot of the time and uh and also just you know she took uh took the lead as as to like like you know which which is typical what a mother would do uh you know as far as uh the initial raising of a child i i feel like i've become more and more involved over the last 
you know, a couple of years and, and, you know, trying to, you know, parlay, you know, some of the, the things I learned growing up and the mistakes I made and, and, uh, you know, just trying to enforce a little bit of, uh, discipline and, and, uh, you know, have, you know, try and, you know, maybe transfer some of the, the experience that I have from, from hard work, uh, and, you know, the, you know, how, how it pays off, uh, you know, to put your mind to something and, and, you know, to get results, uh, through, you know, being, uh, ha- having a little regimen and, uh, and just, you know, day in, day out, uh, putting, putting the work in. And that's something obviously with my eldest that, uh, has become, uh, more of, a uh, predominant in the last couple of years as she, as she gets a little bit older and has more responsibility. So it's, uh, it's something that I feel that I can, you know, uh, share, you know, as, as opposed to the, the, you know, you know, I have two daughters, so obviously you know, my mother, my wife is going to take the lead in, in most regards, but, uh, you know, the, the, the times where I can help, I feel like, uh, I'm always trying to remember some of the stuff, uh, that I learned, uh, you know, to become a successful athlete. Well, that's amazing. All the uh, good principles that you talk about, you know, putting in the work, uh, you know, effort and discipline, uh, you know, coupled with, uh, you know, shout out to all the moms. Absolutely. Uh, shout out to uh, to Natasha for sure. Uh, your better half and, and my wife, Natalie, too. They are superheroes for sure. And uh, it, it's great to get your perspective on uh, how you've been able to, um, you know, over the last couple of years, become more involved in, in some of that great mentorship and all those great principles you just talked about. Dan, my chum Ashton here has a question for you for our special guest. Let's go, Ashton. Daniel, what are some of your most memorable moments in your tennis career? Um, yeah, it was a long, long career. So there was a lot of memorable ones, a lot good, a lot bad. But, uh, you know, a lot of the bad ones turned into positive ones through, uh, you know, uh, wanting to to overcome, you know, some of the things that uh, I didn't do well and, and, you know, going back the next day and, uh, and trying to become better. And I think uh, you learn a lot more from, from losing than you do from winning. But as far as uh, positive, uh, memorable moments, uh, for sure, like Anthony said early on, you know, what kind of made me feel like I belonged on, on the tour was uh, beating Stefan Edberg when I was 19. He was number one at the world at the time. So that uh, helped from a confidence factor. And, and then, uh, you know, um, you know, having sporadic uh, uh, big wins uh, over some top singles players over the years, uh, uh, you know, ones that stand out are, are Thomas Mooster at the Rogers Cup, who was top 10, Patrick Rafter a couple times, uh, Mark Philippoussis, uh, Marcel Rios, Gustavo Quartin, uh, some guys that ended up being number one at different times in their career. Uh, so that that was uh, good for the confidence. But uh, you know, I, I've, I always felt like I was a better doubles player. And, uh, you know, once I started, uh, once I got a, a good partner and uh, started to, to play a little more doubles and, and take it a little more seriously, uh, my most notable uh, results came in doubles, winning, uh, you know, some grand slams and a gold medal and, and uh, so the ones that stand out are probably uh, Wimbledon, first Wimbledon, and uh, and winning a gold medal. Just uh, you know, it's the the pinnacle of our sport is Wimbledon, and then just the pinnacle of all sports is uh, is the Olympics. And being fortunate enough to to win a gold medal was uh, was something that uh, you know really catapulted uh, the rest of my doubles career for sure. 
Daniel, how was it like ba- balancing your life as a pro athlete on the court and being a dad? Uh yeah, it was it was a little bit challenging at first. Uh I mean when when baby was first born, Tiana, she traveled quite a bit with us and you know, I mean as a parent, uh, you know, first time parent, it's, it's always, you know, very stressful, but <laughs> looking back th- those times where their infants, uh, is actually a fairly easy time because, uh, they're sleeping so much and it's the, the most stressful part is the unknown of, of being, uh, and, and the new experience of being a parent, but the actual, you know, taking care of the child is a little bit easier, uh, when they're really young, as they get a little bit older and start moving around, uh, it gets more challenging, especially traveling, uh, you know, those, those flights where they're, you know, they don't want to sit still and, you know, they're in their mom's lap and, and all that stuff. But again, it's, uh, it's hats off to, to my wife, um, during those times. I mean, she, uh, she really stepped up and, you know, I was still doing well on tour and she understood that, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was my career. And, uh, you know, I, I still, had opportunity to do well. And, uh, so she stepped up to the plate and, uh, and really, you know, did a great job to allow me to continue my career. And, uh, she did a lot of, a lot of, uh, uh, of the parenting on her own. We had help from, uh, from both of our parents, but, uh, you know, it's, again, it's, uh, it's, uh, one of those uh, unsung hero stories of, uh, of, being a mom that, uh, you know, people don't really realize there's, there isn't a price tag associated with it. Cause it's a, it's such a, a long daily commitment, uh, that, uh, that, a, that a mother goes through that, uh, you know, it's, you know, the, the dad is there and <laughs> I think we, Anthony knows what I'm talking about. The dad's yeah. always uh, a part of it, but, uh, the mom is, uh, it's full tilt for the mom. There's, there's no stopping. So the, the, the dads, you know, go to work and, and, they have their their moments of uh, of being away and, and break and and you know just from natural standpoint it, it's always the the mom that uh, is kind of uh, nurturing and, and loving the the, the child uh, um, initially uh, you know like the attachment is uh, is something that uh, it's hard to explain but uh, you know I think we all know that as as dads that uh, we kind of play a play a second fiddle but uh, we just try to do the the best that we can and uh, make sure that we're always uh, ready when we're needed kind of thing you're listening to episode 13 of the champs and chums podcast we're joined by our very special guest for our best of segment uh, daniel nestor tennis superstar dan you know uh, it's been a couple years uh, actually a couple years to this month i believe that uh, you've uh, retired from the the pro tennis tour you know we we, we talk a lot on champs and chums, you know, sports has this tremendous way of, of really breeding camaraderie, teamwork, and, and such. Um, how much do you miss uh, the, the time on the tour? Uh, I, again, I, I don't really think of it uh, that much. I mean, I, I follow uh, what's going on. I keep in touch with a few guys, and there's uh, some random conversations about, uh, you know, the, the little things that uh, are going on in the locker room or, or on the court and all the, the latest gossip type stuff. And, but, uh, as far as, of, uh, you know, missing the competition, I, you know, I played a long time and of course, you know, I, I 
probably could have done things a little bit differently, especially when I when I was a little bit younger and a little bit immature. When I first started on tour, I didn't really maybe know what it took to to be a professional uh, player, but uh, that's something I really grew into, and uh, and you know probably one of the reasons why I played as long as I did because I kind of perfected it as uh, as I you know got older and and became uh, very very professional and and really understood uh, you know what it took to to be successful and. But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh, I wanted to to play as long as I could, and I did that. And uh, and then once I was done, it was uh, it was time to move on. And uh, so I, I don't really uh, don't really miss it that much in that regard. Plus, I mean, again, it was uh, the last year that I played was was uh, not very successful. So it's not like I felt like uh, I was missing out on, on some more opportunities. So I, the, the timing was definitely uh, right for me. If, if not, uh, if we joke that uh, I actually extended it a little bit too long. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. The but, old man thing, eh, Dan? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, right. Uh, so definitely not, uh, not uh, missing out on any trophies, that's for sure. Well, I tell you, you know, it was so respected in, in, in the room and on the tour with, with the players. I mean, you can just tell that the way that, you know, you had uh, – you know, such a great connectivity with, uh, it didn't matter if it was the, the younger players or some of the mid-age players. I mean, you're just one of those glue guys that, you know, kept it uh, really good on the tour. And just to hear some of the players talk about you, which I obviously had the privilege for six years uh, while at Tennis Canada, hear how they talked about you. They, there's just tremendous amount of respect. Um, so, so that's great. Um, Dan, uh, this next question, you know, and again, just talking about the six wonderful years with the team at Tennis Canada, that's where it was the, the very scene I met you over 20 years ago now, um, would love to get your perspective, you know, you are Mr. Tennis in, in Canada in terms of, um, you know, we always had this dream when I was at Tennis Canada about, you know, we wanted to make, um, you know, uh, Canada a leading tennis nation and, you know, there's certainly evidence is there you know, in the in the last few years with the, the rush of Canadian stars. I mean, I think Chapo is now in the top 10. You got Felix, uh, Milos, and Vasek. And on the women's side, of course, Bianca and Layla and Jeannie and uh, Gabby and doubles. I mean, there seems to be this rush now. And I'd love to get your perspective on how far Canadian tennis has come. And uh, what do you think the future holds for uh, tennis in Canada? Well, I think uh, it's definitely an onwards and upwards type situation. I, I noticed that the participation levels uh, across the board are, are through the roof. Uh, you know, my daughter plays a little bit and she's starting to get a little more competitive. And, you know, I took her to a couple of OT events. And, you know, it's just the, the draw sizes for the girls is, is always full, a 32 draw for all all uh, different levels uh, uh talent levels uh for all age groups and you know when i was that age you know it was hard to fill a draw for for girls especially i don't think it was uh you know that popular so i think uh you know boys was always pretty popular now more so than ever and and uh so yeah i mean i, I think uh, definitely when milos uh, broke through about 10 15 years ago and uh and had a, those consistent results where he was you know knocking on the door to win majors and and every pretty much every tournament he played and became a, a staple in the, the semi quarter semifinals of, uh, of each tournament he played uh, you know people took notice and and the sport you know gained a lot of no notoriety in, in Canada and you know it was televised a lot more and and then it just uh, grew from there Vashik was uh, was Milos's uh, 
adversary in, in juniors and and they had uh you know a lot of uh great battles uh you know to get where they were and then you know all of a sudden they're they're battling in the semifinals of the rogers cup and and you know that just paved the way and the women's side genie was uh followed uh shortly after then gabby and then uh and then felix and, and dennis and bianca are you know the next uh wave of you know talent that that's could even surpass the the previous three which is which is remarkable and and as i said now we have you know uh, such a competitive environment for for tennis in, in the country uh, i i can't see why uh, this can't continue what are some activities that you do with bianca and tiana it can be indoors in it could be sports or non-sports well, we uh, we play a lot of tennis. That's one. Um, uh, we just got a dog, uh, which was uh, seemed like a great opportunity during the the lockdown to, you know, to to get a pet and you know, uh, you know, have, be uh, kind of uh, entertained. Uh, you know, when when times were tough, and uh, so we do a lot of uh, activities with the dog. We'll go to the dog park and uh, and walk around. So a lot of time at the park and. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, pretty much, uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, kids played other sports when they were younger. Bianca does a little bit of gymnastics, but that, uh, that obviously hasn't uh, got up and going again. And uh, Tiana, best bet is, uh, is tennis. So she, she played a little bit of soccer when she was younger. Uh, but, yeah, she's, she likes tennis and play a lot at the club. I mean, more club-level type stuff. But uh, we, we have a great relationship with the Toronto Lawn, which is close by to where we live. And and uh, so I spent a lot of time there and, uh, you know, did a, a little more uh, getting to know our province now that uh, uh, traveling abroad was uh, more more difficult. So we, uh, we did, uh, you know, a few different things around uh, uh, southern Ontario, uh, well, actually a little bit of Muskoka too over the summer. And uh, so, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff uh, to, to keep us busy. Uh, it's great to hear as well, too, that uh, the girls are in tennis. They got uh, great genes to work from there. Uh, Astrid, you got another question. A few more questions for our best of uh, very special guest, Daniel Nestor. Daniel, what are some of your fit athletes of all time and why? It's a great question. Um, I was a big sports fan as a kid. Uh, I liked Jimmy Connors in tennis. Uh, I was a big fan of the Montreal Canadiens uh, growing up. I mean, I still follow it, but not not uh, as passionately as before. Anthony and I go back and forth about the Bills and Steelers. Uh, over <laughs> All the, the time, man. <laughs> he hasn't had much to cheer about until uh, the last couple of years. But uh, Josh Allen you know, will take yeah. him to the promised land, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, they, they finally have a, a championship caliber team, so... Hopefully, uh, you know, one day they, they get over the hump. And uh, I always joke that uh, if the, the the Bills and the Vikings played each other in the Super Bowl, that the game would, like, just be a continuous tie. No one would be able to, to win the game. <laughs> no matter what happened, no one would be able to make a winning play. But, uh, oh, boy. But uh, I foresee that could be changing in the near future for the Bills. Um, yeah, I like football probably the most uh, to watch and, and uh, follow. Uh, uh, a little bit of basketball. I was still. Uh, you have to admit that uh, growing up, I was a Sixers fan, and uh, and you know Iverson. I really liked Iverson uh, about 20 years ago, and uh, 
So watching Kawhi hit that uh, four bouncer off the rim last year was was tough for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, just the way that uh, the city reacted, kind of, especially my friends were in my face uh, right after, and uh, no acknowledgement of a lucky shot. Just uh, <laughs> just all because Kawhi was the best player in the league that uh, he deserved to make that shot. So that kind of left a sore spot inside of me. So it was difficult to to cheer for the Raptors after that. I did cheer for them when they beat the Bucks, but. Uh, but uh, it was, uh, I can't say I, it was it was very, uh, very difficult, uh, you know, watching, uh, watching the hoist the trophy. I thought it was uh, uh, Philly's uh, Philly's tro- trophy that they were hoisting. But uh, that probably that's unrealistic because uh, I think Embiid's a little bit of a uh, I think he needs to mature. He's like a young Daniel Nestor. He needs uh, okay. to mature, mature a little bit if they want to take the next step. But, uh, yeah, I like all sports and uh, and. Uh, yeah, so I'm pay, paying attention to what's going on, but uh, not not as passionately as before. Maybe just the NFL, uh, I would actually watch the games. Uh, the other sports, I don't really watch the games that much. Good stuff. Um, Dan, uh, you know, we talk a lot about uh, cha- on Champs and Chums about uh, how sports can be a real catalyst to key life values, you know, the importance of teamwork and mentorship and that uh that that thirst for competition and uh uh, you know we're talking to uh, a certified uh, athlete who can talk to this of course with all your your great talents and accomplishments um can you talk to the 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 listeners about how you feel sports can play a real uh key role uh for young people i mean people for any age you know uh in, in terms of life values well, I mean, uh, the most obvious is for for children and and you know uh, adolescents and and you know just keeping them you know active and one it's it's healthy to to be active and and competitive and and you know exercising and two you know it's, there's a lot of distractions nowadays more so than ever a lot of negative distractions you know I don't think it's healthy as great of, a, of an invention as the, the smartphone is, I don't think it's healthy to be on it too much. And, you know, the, with the video games and, and the, the TikTok and, and all that stuff that's going on, uh, you know, I think it's, it can be quite detrimental. Um, so I think, uh, you know, being involved in, in, in a sport and, and uh, you know, it's, it's just a healthier choice. And, and, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, everyone should have, uh, you know, one one kind of sport that they they focus on and if not more if obviously if they love sports and nothing should hold them back but uh you know if even if even if they're pushed into it i think parents should uh, definitely have one sport where the child is uh, consistently involved in and, and one you know art or, or something like that and uh, another activity and or music whatever and uh, and then just uh, you know you do your schoolwork you do your sport you do your uh, your activity and then you know there's time for the the phone you know there's time for hanging out with the friends there's time for you know fooling around whatever it is that you do i mean you know for me i'm growing up uh you know getting older whatever whatever it is i do what whatever what was whatever partying whatever it, it always felt better when you felt like you accomplished something or you you put in a good week's work and, and then you went out and celebrated with friends or, or you know did well at a tournament or something like that so that if you're doing something too much and too much you know, whether whatever it is, uh, you know that uh, that's not productive. Obviously, uh, it's 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 you know it's not uh, beneficial for for 
your upbringing and and your uh, your state of mind. I think uh, you know anything in life when it's uh, when it's and it from an enjoyment factor. If there's too much of it, then it's uh, you know can be detrimental. So I think uh, you know definitely. You know, for, and then when you talk about you know the older uh, people, it's, it's tennis is a, a game you can play your whole life. So uh, it, it's definitely something that uh, you know people can take up at any age. Golf, golf, same kind of thing. And uh, but again, sport is uh, it's just something that brings people together. It can be social. It can be uh, active. Uh, all sports are active, and and just from a, a, a lifestyle choice, it's uh, it's obviously you know, so important to, uh, to be out there and, you know, outside and getting some sun, which is great. And, and, uh, and, uh, you know, exercising, I mean, there's, there's nothing, uh, that can beat that. And, and so I think, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately we live in a country where the weather doesn't always cooperate, but I think there, there are so many options, uh, during normal times where, where people can make the choice to, to, to do something, uh, and, uh, and commit to, to being healthy and, uh, and active. Oh, great perspectives from an all-pro dad. Uh, Ashton, you get the final question here for our special guest, Daniel Nestor. What is some advice you have for young kids who want to be a tennis superstar like you? Um, well, I mean, you got to be patient, one. You got to put in the work. Uh, you got to you know, try and make it fun for sure. You have to enjoy what you're doing. You don't want to be uh, pressured into doing something that you don't enjoy doing. You have to enjoy it. Uh, you know, whatever whatever time you're willing to spend uh, on a hopefully a daily basis, you got to enjoy the time that you're out there. Uh, if you know, if you can only enjoy it for an hour, then play for an hour. If uh, if that grows into to more time, you you realize that it's something you want to do, then then, you know, make the most of the time you spend on the court and, uh, and try to improve every day. I mean, challenge yourself to improve every day. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, not, it's not going to go, you know, in one direction. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's something that, uh, it's a repetition sport and, and, you know, you need to put the time in and, and you need to, to deal with the, the setbacks. But, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunately a sport where if you're not winning the tournament, you're losing, uh, every week right so uh, there's a lot of people vying for for the the same prize and uh, it's an individual sport so it can be a little bit lonely but uh at the same time you know it's uh you know you're usually in a group when uh, when you're playing you're you, it's just when you're actually competing you're, you're one against one but uh you know being in a good group environment where you know you're with uh, some some kids that uh, you can be competitive with in a healthy in a healthy way i think is uh is very important. So I think, uh, the, the, the most to, to put it all to perspective, I'd say definitely being patient because, uh, you know, it's, a it's a long road, but, uh, to me, like the, the most, the, the, the most I learned and, and the actual most enjoyment I had was the actual process of, you know, feeling that I'm getting better, putting the work in, you know, noticing that I'm getting stronger and, and, uh, and the practicing and, and all the time put in and, and, you know, just feeling like you have a routine and, and you have a purpose. And, uh, and then the win the wins, uh, when that, those come is, it's almost a relief and, and you, you know, you enjoy it, uh, but you don't, uh, you know, you don't want to, you know, get too high or get too low. So it's, uh, it's more about the, the actual growing and, and, uh, and putting the, the time in and, and, and the dedication to, to something that, uh, where you really, 
I think, find satisfaction. Oh, boy. Uh, what a way to close uh, a tremendous segment. Um, championship words by one of Canada's most successful pro athletes of all time. And, uh, Dan, you mentioned a lot in your great answer uh, in terms of what kids should aspire to, to be and, and, and how things could go for them. You mentioned a lot about time. And, you know, Ashton and I are so grateful that you uh, made time for us on episode 13 of Champs and Chums. I mean, geez, uh, I met you over 20 years ago, man, at that old National Tennis Center uh, and Chimney Stack Road there. And uh, here we are 20 years later. Um, you are the... Everything everything that uh, we could mean when we talk about champ and chum, that's you. So we're really grateful for the time that you you uh, you spent with us here for this recording. And Ashton, you've got some words for our episode 13 special guest, Daniel Nestor. Thank you for your valuable time. And I, I can tell you something that on the last question I have been doing. So, um... Ever since my dad told me you were coming on the show, we we've been going to a school near um my school and they have tennis courts with nets. So we go there every Friday and practice for at least an hour and 30 minutes. Wow. That's good. <laughs> That's great. So Dan, uh, thanks again for uh, for joining us on on Champs and Chums. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me, and uh, just want to thank the little guy for—he's uh, very well spoken for his age. So, uh, if uh, all kids were uh, were as uh, established as, as he was as an eight-year-old, I think uh, we'd have a lot to look forward to in this country. So, uh, <laughs> congratulations to you as a parent for uh, developing a, a child that seems to be very uh, very mature for his age. Oh, very touched by that. Thanks so much, Dan. And uh, Ashton, you're going to take us to break on episode 13. This ends our father-son best of segment. More father-son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy September, everybody. Thanks for listening to episode 13 of our show. And Ashton, it's now time for our All Pro Go segment. And just so the listeners at home know, our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. And you know, Ashton, when we were thinking about planning for the show, you know, we had a tennis superstar, uh, Daniel Nestor here on episode 13. I kind of thought it'd be neat to cover off a racket sport of a different kind. So Ashton, our All Pro Go is going to be about the sport of pickleball. Take it away. The game started during the summer of 1965 on Bainbridge Island, Washington, at the home of Joel Pritchard, who later served in Congress as a as a lieutenant governor. You got it. Lieutenant governor. He had he and two of his friends built. Bell and Barney McCollum returned from golf and found their families bored one Saturday afternoon. They attempted to set up the badminton, but no one could find the shuttle shuttlecock. Is that so? How this story of pickleball came together—that 
they 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 were bored once hired you know, they tried to set up a badminton uh net and they couldn't find the shuttlecock okay keep going the all pro go uh the pickleball they improvised with a per perforated perforated plastic perforated ball perforated yeah. plastic ball lowered the badminton net and fabricated the paddles of plywood nearby at a nearby shed Wow, so you just talked about sort of the tools they had. So now you're going to talk a little bit more about the pickleball court. Take it away, son. The pickleball court is similar to doubles badminton court. The actual size of the court is 20 by 44 feet for both doubles and singles. The net is hung 36 inches on the ends and 34 inches at the center. The court is striped like a badminton court, but the serving line being seven further from the net than the badminton service line, that line in the pickleball is the non-volley line. The non-volley line zone extends seven feet from the net on either side. Well, that's some great insights and detail about the pickleball court, Ashen. And uh, Dad's going to take it home here for our all-pro go on pickleball. And just to add to the whole, I guess, amusing story of how pickleball came up, did you know that the the way the lore goes is that the Pritchard's family dog was named Pickles? So a lot of people actually felt that uh, uh, these innovators of the sport of pickleball, it was actually named pickle, uh, pickleball because it was their dog's name, Pickles. How about that? <laughs> That's kind of funny. <laughs> That's just kind of funny. But, you know, I, we've seen it um, play quite a bit. In fact, Ashton, um, our episode 10 special guest for our Best Of segment, Mayor Patrick Brown, the uh, mayor of our fine city here in Brampton, he was talking about the growth in uh, in pickleball as well too so um good to, to get that on good authority and uh anyhow to close uh, this description of pickleball it has been a game that has emerged from a genuine handmade wooden equipment with just straightforward rules and it's become very popular in a much loved sport all over the u.s and canada how's that ashton that is amazing. Yeah, it's certainly outstanding. That is your all-pro go. It is Pickleball, and you're listening to episode 13 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Father-son fun talk. You're listening to episode 13 of the Champs and Chums podcast. And Ashton, it's now time for our signature segment. That's right. It is our Champs and Chums segment, personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. And, you know, in this episode, Ashton, we're going to do it a bit different, aren't we? Yes, we are. We sure are. So for those of you that have heard our previous Champs and Chums segment, you will know that uh, father and son each get a turn to share and tribute a champ and a chum. But this time around... On episode 13, Ashton, we've got something different and unique, don't we? Yes, we do. We got something very record-breaking. We are actually going to present, as a good doubles team, our champ and chum together. And it's unanimous, my friend. So, Ashton, with that bit of lead-up, 
Who is our episode 13 champ? Daniel Nestor. That's right. Daniel Nestor, our special guest, tennis superstar Daniel Nestor. Now, you know, I've known Daniel for north north of 20 years now, and you just had the privilege of having the opportunity to have a good chat with him here on episode 13. Why is he our champ for episode 13? Well, it's because we um, got him on the show for episode 13, and um, I I think he's a ch- he's he's a really he's a huge champion in um my heart. Oh, he sure is. I mean, well, we talked about it uh, earlier on in the program, but you know, he is one of the most successful Canadian sports athletes of all time, Ashton. I mean, you know, again, some of these uh, list of accomplishments: thirty seasons as a professional tennis athlete, 91 career doubles titles, 12 Grand Slams, all the big ones, all of them, Australian Open, U.S. Open, French Open, Wimbledon winner, you know, over a thousand career wins in doubles. He played, he competed in six Olympic Games, Ashton. He won a gold medal in Sydney in 2000. Uh, He was an anchor for Canadian Davis Cup teams uh, right over his career. And of course, you remember that big moment in Davis Cup as a 19-year-old, right? So he was a champ there as well, too. What did he do, just for the listeners at home, so they can remember? He beat the um, number one tennis player in the world, Stefan Edberg. He beat Stefan Edberg, that's right, world number one among his many accomplishments. And so, you know, he's uh, he actually was a recipient of the Order of Canada. That's the highest honor that a Canadian can receive. So a prestigious there, and uh, he is a star on Canada's Walk of Fame from 2012. Our champ, collectively, is a doubles team. We got a fist bump going here. You can't see it, but you can maybe hear it. Is Daniel Nestor? Good stuff, Ashton. So Ashton, now it's time to announce our chump. Who is our chum on episode 13? Our chum is Daniel Nestor. Double play day for our champ and chum. A first for champs and chums. Daniel Nestor, our champ, and now our chum. You know, and uh, as we got into the conversation, and it was so great to catch up with, uh, with Dan, I mean... Geez, I've known him for 20 plus years and had the great privilege to, uh, to work with him uh, pretty closely during my great time at Tennis Canada with that great team there for six years. But it was all the wonderful things that he is and he stands for. And believe me, uh, his personality is an absolute light bulb. I mean, he's, uh, he's uh, just a, a winning competitor on the court and he's such an easygoing guy and he's just you know I've had the privilege of uh, working with uh, an amazing lineup of, of athletes and great people over my career but uh, Dan Nestor you rank up there among the men um, you know again 20 plus years knowing you and it's so great to be able to uh, see not only the great and championship things that you did on the court but to see you grow you get you know uh, your beautiful wife natasha and your two kids tiana and bianca you're a family man now and for that daniel nestor you are our chum for episode 13 and ashton 
just give us your perspectives on uh, Daniel Nestor, on why he's your chum, our chum, as it were now. Yep. So, um, he's our chum because um, he he's not only a champ, but he is a nice guy off the court, and um, that's why he's our chum for episode 13. Well, Ashton, you hit it bang on. Just a, a great guy, and off the court, I mean, so many things he's done to give, right? Uh, you know, charities over his time, community, and mentoring young people. I mean, he fits the uh, champs and chum spirit for sure, and we were so lucky that he gave us uh, his time on uh, episode 13 good stuff well we got one more break coming up but you're listening to a special edition episode 13 of champs and chumps welcome back to champs and chums and ashton it is now time on the show to close our show and what an exciting episode 13 a lucky so fortunate episode 13 that we had wasn't it Yes, it was amazing. Oh, that's great. Great to hear that you got that feedback coming in. And as I always do in our final segment, Ashen, I wanted to ask you, what did you learn on episode 13? I learned more about Daniel Nestor as a dad. Well, that's a, that's a really good one, right? Because, I mean, uh, geez, Daniel's uh, career from a sports standpoint, I mean, is probably one of the longest res- resumes of accomplishments. I mean, it would go a mile. But, you know, to get his perspectives on being a, a dad and talking about fatherhood and um, just those, uh, those great moments that he's able to uh, now share on a, on, on a greater level with his, his daughters was really great to hear. So good stuff. Uh, what else did you learn on episode 13? I learned more about NFL football. Yeah, you learn more about the great world of football. I actually don't think... We've maybe just tossed the football around a little bit, but I heard you during this episode talk about, you know, how you don't watch it too much, but I'm kind of hoping you're going to spend a little bit more time on Sunday watching football with Dad. Is that is that is that a, a good idea? Yeah, it sure is. All right, chips and all, right? Yep. Well, you actually like popcorn, right? Yeah, kind of. All right, good stuff. And uh, what else did you learn on episode 13 of Champs and Chums? I learned more about Taco Fall. Oh, yes, the the giant that he was. And it was kind of nice that you mentioned him because there was this great story of you meeting him. And it was good that you're able to share that to the listeners. Well, Well, you didn't meet him. You didn't really meet him, but you definitely saw... uh, him larger than life live at the Raptors 905 game shout out to all the good folks at the Raptors 905 well good stuff it's been a, a, a wonderful a very lucky episode 13 for us so we're so glad that you listened to the program uh, we want to thank uh, tennis superstar Daniel Nestor for joining us on the show and Ashton, who else do we want to thank for, for helping us with Champs and Chumps? We want to thank the listeners. That's right, the listeners, of course. And uh, who else do we want to uh, thank for helping us on episode 13? We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who help us produce the show. That's right, thanks to the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped lead the way in building this great show. 
and uh, tell the listeners at home uh, how they can tune in to us, to Champs and Chums, Ashton. They can listen at iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Radio, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox. That's quite a growing list there, Ashton. Good stuff. Well, you can also uh, check us out, uh, everyone, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at Champs and Chums and on our website, champsandchums.com. So, Ashton, our biggest signature fist bump for episode 13. Well done, my friend. And as we always say to close the show, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>